Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 291 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to be connecting with you in your earbuds again this week. And if you're new here, welcome. I know I've gotten lots of new listeners over the past couple of months. I've made my way through some of the Bachelor podcasts, which has been super fun. So welcome, welcome. If you're new here, I really recommend just scrolling through the archive, listening to episodes with titles that resonate. You can also go to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast and scroll to the bottom of the page there. There's a search bar, type in your keyword or topics, and you will get almost like a customized list of things to listen to that are relevant to what's going on in your life. And also I will be doing more coaching calls for the podcast starting in January-ish. So if you would like to be coached by me for free, then again, go to that same link, veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And same thing, scroll to the bottom, you will see a link to fill out a quick form. And that will get you onto the wait list. And I will send you a personal email whenever we are ready to start scheduling more folks. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast is where you can get all of that. And just a reminder that I wrote a book, which I'm so excited about. I'm so excited to get it into your hands. And when it is available for pre-order, you will be able to do so by going to veronicagrant.com forward slash book. Now that link is the place where you can sign up for the wait list for when pre-orders are available 
Or by the time you're listening to this episode, if pre-orders are already available, then veronicagrant.com forward slash book will take you to the Amazon page in which you can pre-order or actually buy the book, depending again when you are listening to this episode. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash book to get on the wait list or pre-order depending on when you are listening to this episode. Pre-orders will be available in January 2022, and then the book will be available in February 2022. And there will be a good, good reason to pre-order because for those who do, I've got a variety of giveaways and contests, mostly revolving around some of my favorite little magical tools and also some coaching sessions with me. And to everyone who pre-orders, you will get a free ticket to attend my Decoding Your Relationships workshop, which I'm holding in March 2022. Now, this workshop is not a free workshop because I am diving in deep with you and actually going through the very exercise that I walk you through inside the book, You Are Meant for Love. And so this will be your opportunity to ask questions and get my personal support in whatever you are trying to kind of figure out in your relationships as to why you're attracting who you're attracting or why you have a tendency to put up with breadcrumbs or crappy behavior from other people. This exercise, the relationship history chart that I walk you through inside the book will be so illuminating to you. And the workshop is designed to help you actually go through that workshop with me so I can hold your hand through it. And you get to attend that workshop for free when you pre-order. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash book is the place you want to be to either get on the pre-order wait list or that link will forward you to the Amazon page where you can pre-order or purchase the book again, depending on when you are listening to this episode. And I'm just super excited to get this book into your hands. It's been years in the making. Um, I'll do another podcast episode about it because man, did it, you know, bring up a whole other layer of my worthiness and vulnerability in getting this thing out. Because actually, the truth is, is I wrote this book two years ago, actually right out about two years ago, because it was fall of 2019 that I wrote it. And I was all ready to release it into the world. And then fear, you know, fear caught up with me, and I just shelved it away. And then one day in meditation, a few months earlier, I was like, you know what, it's time, it's time to bring this thing into the world. And so I'm so, so excited. All right, let's get to today's episode, which is all about how to meet more people online that you're actually interested in. Now, here's the thing about online dating. People love to hate online dating. People love to blame online dating on all their love life woes. And I'm not saying there's not toxicity in online dating. There certainly is all of that, just like there are all of those kinds of issues on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever kind of online medium we're talking about. But I really believe online dating at its core is a neutral space, right? Just like how you can meet someone at work or at a bar or at a party or a networking group or the coffee shop or whatever, like none of those things are inherently good or bad. They are neutral spaces. They are just places where you can gather and there can be other people there to gather with and you can meet each other and see if you want to date each other. Really, that's really what online dating at its core is. I find that what really is going on, though, is even if there is toxic behavior or issues with other people's behavior or whatever with online dating, which there is, I do find generally that whatever is happening online is likely a manifestation of whatever your larger pattern that you would be finding yourself in, whether you were online dating or not. 
I've worked with a lot of women and I find this to be true about 99.9% of the time. So my caller today, Erin, is frustrated because she sees a lot of her friends actually have a lot of success online, but she's not able to replicate that success for herself. And so she asked me in our call, you know, what am I doing wrong? Am I doing something wrong? And while I definitely think there are some best practices for online dating, for sure, I don't think that that is her main issue, as you will see as we get into our call. What you'll see is that it's really her inner child showing up that is derailing her experience online. So I know I'm kind of talking a little bit in uh, crypto. So let's get right to it because I think you're really going to enjoy this episode, especially if you want an online date and you hate it, or you kind of feel like, oh, online dating is really the only option that I have because like it's COVID or I'm a single mom or I'm kind of antisocial and I don't want to go do social things all the time. Whatever it is, I think that online dating can be a really, really great fit for a lot of people. And I want to help it make it work for you if that's a way in which you want to meet people. So without further ado, let's get to my coaching call with Aaron. Hi, Erin. Welcome to the show. How can I help today? Hi, lovely to be here. Um, so today I've listened to some of your podcasts and one that particularly stood out to me was being how not to be jealous of people who like your friends who are already in relationships. I'm having a hard time. I just feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm stuck in this area where I have my life together. I'm a mom of two. I have a good job. I have a good house. But I feel like the only way that I'm able to meet anybody is online because my job is work from home. I'm at home with my kids most of the time. But when I go online, it's like all of the same people all of the time. And I just honestly seem to not be able to find anybody that I can really have a connection with. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if like there's anything that I might be doing wrong for why I can't seem to catch that fish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to kind of connect two pieces that you asked. So I, I hear one that the podcast we had recently about person being jealous of friends and relationships, that's kind of where you started the question. And for everyone listening, by the way, we'll put that episode in the show notes. If you're curious, listen back. Um, but then also you're asking about like, am I doing something wrong? I can't seem to catch anyone online. So are those two different ideas or do they somehow link together in your mind. I'm not sure sh- I'm not sure if they link together. I think that the podcast kind of just brought to light the fact that I I do have envy for my friends who are in relationships, but I f- I feel like those that are in relationships, maybe those that have been separated from their spouses or have been single for a little bit of time that go online and do the same things seemingly that I'm doing online, they're having success and I'm not having success and I feel like why does that happen? So that's kind of the bridge right there is that they're having success. So I'm envious of their success, but I'm not having success, but I feel like I'm doing the same thing. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So generally speaking, I find like, look, I can sit here and be like, oh, here's some online dating tips. And, um, you know, we can get to some of those depending on what comes up. I do think there's some things that are helpful, but generally speaking, I find that whatever our experiences on online, it's just a, it's just a version of or manifestation of whatever the larger pattern at play is. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. So what would you say your experience or your patterning that you've had in relationships? What has that been? 
Um, oh, I feel like I go for a lot of the same type of men. Um, so I've been basically, I've been single now for about two years. I've dated a couple of men in there, but, um, before that I was in a relationship since I was 16. Like I had no, no single time. And I feel like I go for men that either I look and see, you know, how, and maybe I'm an only child. So maybe this kind of relates to that, but like, how do they handle their life? Do they, can they, are they take control? Do they have a good job? Are they close with their family? Will they, in a sense, almost be able to, I don't want to say take care of me because I feel like I'm fairly independent, but having that security that I, it almost like the having someone as my rock, if that makes sense. Like, are they, are they going to be my rock? And that's kind of what I look for when I'm looking for men, but you know, online, it's very, you know, you don't get much except for like a face and like a bio and a height, you know what I mean? So there's very, I don't know really what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I don't necessarily think that you're doing something wrong. Um, I mean, I mean, look, I'm not a bird on your shoulder. I don't know everything that you're you're doing or not doing. I have a hard time believing that you're doing something quote unquote wrong. Um, I mean, I guess we can define wrong in different ways, but I just don't feel like that's what's really going on. I just feel like there's something deeper beneath the surface that's not getting tapped into. So if if you've listened to the show before, which you said you've had, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of curious, you know, you know, I talk a lot about kind of like the thing that's really going on beneath the surface or the inner child work. So and we can explore this together, but I'm just kind of curious to see what your awareness is now, like based on what you've listened to and applying it to your question, what do you think might be going on here? I think, um, based on what I've heard from your show. And again, like you mentioned, like the inner child work, I feel like I'm looking to have somebody else fulfill emotional needs for me that I, for some reason, can't fill myself even though I want to be able to fill them myself, I feel like I'm constantly looking for, for someone to provide me with that feeling of being complete. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty high bar you're putting on these people, whether you're right. off or off. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and so no wonder that you're meeting all these people and you're like, meh, meh. Yeah. Dud, yeah. dud, swipe left, 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 whatever. I agree. <laughs> um, because it's, you know, it's funny. I, I get asked all the time by clients and people in my DMs and whatnot, like, are my expectations too high? You know, because a right. lot of their friends say your expectations are too high. You need to lower your expectations and blah, blah, blah. And I have a really hard time telling women, especially in our patriarchal world, that your expectations are too high. <laughs> I just right, have a really right. hard time saying that. Um, so it's not that someone's or your expectations are too high or too low. It's more of a matter of, are they the right expectations on the right things? Do you know what I mean? So it's not a wrong or a bad thing to want your future partner to be that rock, to be that stable force in your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine like, you know, being married to someone who just created a bunch of havoc and chaos in your life. That would be insane, you know? or like anything else that we want to feel like if you want to feel trust and connection in your relationship and you don't feel that, well, that would be a problem, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, The problem lies when they become the sole source of you feeling whatever, whatever, whatever. So again, like, again, we could talk about online dating, but I don't really think this is about online dating. I think you probably already have a sense of what this might be. I think you're definitely um, barking up the right tree, so to speak. So let's do this. Go ahead and close your eyes for me. 
Okay. And um, first, just take a few breaths, settle in. And I want you to imagine there's a bubble in front of you. And this bubble represents how you want to feel in your ideal relationship. And so take a step into the bubble and just immerse yourself in feeling whatever you want to feel. There might be some words associated, like the words of the emotions you want to feel. You might get sensations throughout your body. You might feel like a like a lightness. You might see some images. So wherever or however you're taking in this information, just let it come in, let it come to you. And then tell me a little bit about what you see, what you feel. So the first thing that automatically came to my mind without even me without even me like really trying to dive into this was security. Like that's the word that keeps like popping up, like is secure, secure, secure. So I feel like I'm looking for like what, what I spoke to you about, like somebody that is my rock, but like, I'm feeling like I'm looking for some sort of security in that, like, no, someone's not going to leave or um, that I have somebody that I can always count on. And maybe that goes back to like my marriage ending, but yeah, security is the one thing. And then I feel like when I have that sense of security, um, when I'm like picturing that in this bubble, when I'm picturing that feeling, it just like, it feels warm. Like I feel like there's a warmth over me, um, almost like, like a blanket, almost like, like, like a security blanket. If you've ever had like one of those weighted blankets, just feeling like I've, I've been like wrapped in something that is not going to be easy to let go of and, and feeling happy. And I, then I also go into like, you know, when I was last very happy, um, and it was when one of my relationships with dating, I guess was going well, you know, and, and I felt like there was a future and I felt very secure and and beautiful. And, and yeah, all I can think of is just feeling warm and secure. Okay. So, um, let's, you can open your eyes for a second. I want to, um, take a little dive or a little stroll down this idea of feeling secure. When did you lose your sense of security? Um, I've always felt like, honestly, and going back, going back to like being a child, I lost my sense of security when my husband ended our marriage two years ago. I was very aware, but I never expected that my marriage was going to end. But I was very aware that in my role in that marriage, I was being, in a sense, taken care of. Um, Like financially, like, yes, I work, I'm I'm a nurse, but like financially, um, I never really felt like I had to worry about anything. Um, He was my rock. And I feel like, I've had that sense of security of someone taking care of me since I've been a child. Um, so when my marriage ended and it was unexpected, I feel like I lost all sense of security. I was like, well, what, what's going to happen? Like, who's going to be there for me? Like, what am I going to do financially? And I think that was two years. It was about, no, three years ago, three years ago when, um, when he told me he wanted to end the marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what have you done to process that marriage? 
Um, I've really worked hard on trying to make it work in our marriage for a good year before we decided like, okay, like we're splitting. And again, it, I didn't want to split. It was like, I tried everything I could. He really just wanted to split because I think he felt like being who he was in our partnership was just too, maybe it was too much, but since then, you know, I've been trying to find ways to occupy myself or to make myself feel happy that don't rely on like a man. I'm trying to feel, you know, I've been to counseling, I've developed hobbies, I spend a lot of time with those who are close to me, my family, my friends, and that has helped for sure, but yeah, that that whole sense of security, I feel like the last time I truly felt that was was when I had somebody like a man involved in my life. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. So, first, I don't want to negate any work that you've done no. to process yeah, no, marriage. I'm just looking, okay, maybe there's some other things to look at, or maybe you have mm-hmm. done it, but you haven't, you yeah. just didn't mention it. Um, to me, I'm, I'm still really into this idea of security because it feels like, so with feeling secure with, you know, things like trust, which are kind of like a similar close cousin <laughs> or they're close yeah, cousin yeah. to each other. <laughs> In a relationship, the way those kinds of things work, where there is an inherent need from um, the other person, because like, you know, they have to be following through on what they say they're going to do or what they say, or, you know, and there's agreements yeah. and boundaries and all that kind of stuff. So it does require the other person to like, kind of do their part in order to feel secure and trust. So that's why sometimes these things in a relationship can be very confusing. Um, we can think it's their responsibility to make us trust or to make us feel secure or to make mm-hmm. us feel loved or whatever. And so obviously there is like a responsibility on the other person. That's part of being in a relationship is especially a relationship where there's agreements around like, you know, kids and homes and money and or marriage, all that kind of stuff. But also there's, there's your side of the street too. It's not your partner's sole responsibility. You have to look at your side of the street. And, and so my sense is like, I, I think you're right. I think that you relied on him to feel secure and to feel, well, yeah, that's really just the word we're working with to feel secure. And like, he can only do so much. He can only do a hundred percent of his 50%. And so my question is, did something happen either where you lost your sense of security or was it more of like a sense of like, where you were taking so well cared for as, as growing up that you never were taught how to trust your intuition or make decisions or there's something on your side of the street that I think can be cleaned up around the sense of feeling the sense of security. And I'm not saying that like finding hobbies or doing your own thing or being independent, like that's, those aren't necessarily bad things, Yeah, but I also want to get to like the root of where this came from and these things 99.999% of the time comes from childhood. So as I say, all this, does this illuminate anything for you? Bring up anything? Okay. Absolutely. Like I feel into an adult, like I feel like I was kind of brought up in a bubble, if that makes sense. I'm an only child. Um, my parents were, I mean, are, are amazing and they've always been there for me. And, you know, I'm very fortunate and I, I never, I never go a day without feeling fortunate for the, how hard they work to be able to provide me with everything that I had. So I never, I never wanted for anything. 
growing up. I pretty much like it was, I, I was very fortunate. I'm one of the, one of the few, I guess. So growing up, I was always in a bubble with my parents. Like I didn't feel like I got exposed to a lot of like the harsh realities of the world until I became an adult and, you know, going from like a teenager who was being taken care of by her parents into like a new relationship where I had a a husband who was very much that type of provider and that's what he prided himself on. And even still to this day, my parents are still like at the forefront wanting to always take care, you know, making sure that I'm okay. I feel like I've never really, I've been, I've learned about security and I've always like listened to personal development about how you basically are your own sense of security at the end of the day. But I re- I've always relied, I think even since a kid on other people providing me with a sense of security and me never really truly developing that on my own. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's try something. I want to try something a little bit more woo spiritual based if you're okay love with it. it. And then I love that. Yeah. Okay, great. And then um, we'll talk about some more practical things as, okay. as well. Well, I think this is practical. I meant tangible. I think that's what I'm trying to yeah. say. Okay. So go ahead and close your eyes again for me. And just take a few breaths. And I want you to imagine this idea of the great mother. Now, this is not your mother. This can be however you want to imagine it. It can, you can, it can be like a tree of life type of thing. It can be just like this goddessy image. It could be whatever you would imagine the female version of God being. It can be whatever you want it to be, really. And I want you to imagine that you are just sitting against this great mother and she's completely supporting you. So like if it's like a tree of life, it's like you're sitting on the, at the base of the tree and just leaning back and just basking in its glory. If it's more of like a human type of figure, you're like sitting on her lap, completely supported really just relaxing and letting go and just letting the support of this great mother uh, lift you up and be there. Just notice what that feels like. And then from there, I want you to bring in some version or some age of your inner child, uh, whatever age comes up. Don't worry about what age or anything like that, just whoever comes up first and invite her to sit on your lap and let her completely relax back and bask in your support just in the way that you're basking in the great mother's support. And just breathe there for a few moments and just see what comes up. There might be some feelings. There might be some other images. There might be some thoughts, realizations, whatever. It's all good. A couple more breaths here. And then when you're ready, you can let go of this vision. And slowly open your eyes and come back to me. Okay. Tell me what that was like for you or what came up. 
it felt like I had both of a tree and a person in a tree (laughs) in my head, but I actually felt like I was in a blanket, honestly. Like I felt like, I don't know if it was an angel, but I just felt like there was a blanket wrapped around me. And then when I was like leaning against the tree, it was basically because it was a tree slash person, like a tree with a head. When I was leaning back against the tree, it was like, I felt protected. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt protected and, and like, everything's going to be okay. Like everything was always going to be okay. No matter like what happens, you're going to be fine. And then when I pictured that version of my child, like as, as a child, I actually like the first image that came into my mind was my daughter. Cause she's, she's nine mm-hmm. and like picturing like how it would feel like how it feels to be able to provide that security to her so that she knows that it's all going to be okay as well. Mm-hmm. It felt really like it felt very, again, I felt protected. Good. Did it yeah. feel similar to how you felt when you <clears throat> stepped into that bubble? Yeah, absolutely. Like the two, like, yeah, it, it absolutely did. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's great. Yeah, no, like I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm sounding surprised here because I've never done anything like that before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to have offered something a little different and new. Yeah. So I, I don't want you to walk away from this or anyone listening to this. I don't want you to walk away thinking, oh, I don't need anyone to feel secure or I don't have any needs from anybody else. Cause I do find that when sometimes people are overly dependent on someone, they swing to the complete opposite side. Like, I don't need anybody. I don't need a man or a relationship. And like, yeah, no, you don't. Well, well, actually, no, you don't need a relationship or, or a man, but it's okay to want one. But I do think on some level as a society and as humans, we need each other for sure. Like unless you're literally like growing your own food, sewing your own clothes, (laughs) building your own house, like making your own babies. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We need people. It's fine. It's It's natural. Yeah. Um, It's just this question of what's on your side of the street versus what's on um, the other person's side of the street, the other person, meaning the person that you're in relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just wondering, like, would it be helpful to do like a quick little, I mean, I'm a big believer, like, like if you're going to date online to get in a good headspace. And, and what I mean by that is, well, sometimes one, I think online dating has kind of turned into like other forms of social media. Like we just go, cause right. like we're bored or we're like watching TV and swiping. And like, I, I think that's all super problematic, but I don't think online dating itself is problematic. 
And so I, I'm wondering what it would be like just to do like a quick little meditation like this. It can even be like 30 seconds. I don't know how long we did it, maybe a minute, two minutes max, I think today, but just something really short to kind of feel how you want to feel in your ideal relationship. And that way you've see what I think you've done is your parents are on a pedestal, right? Like, like, and and I'm not like, again, discrediting your parents. Or no, my God, no, but, not at all. But like, they're certainly on a pedestal and it's harmful to have people on a pedestal, even if they're wonderful people, um, yeah. because it's almost putting them on like a divine, like status. And I think then what you do is like, all right, well, I'm not a kid anymore. So like, I can't live in my parents' house. So I'll just put someone else on that pedestal to take care of me. And like, that's what you did to your husband and your husband was yeah. like, oh my God, that's too much. Um, yeah. and then, and I think that's what you're kind of trying to do. So it's like, it's not, so you go into the apps and it's not just that you're looking for someone. It's like, you're looking for someone to be on that pedestal for you, which is right. kind of the reason why no, no one's good enough. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yeah. it makes kind of sense. And so what we have to do is we have to one lower, take your parents off the pedestal, take your ex off the pedestal, um, because everyone is on level ground here. Um, mm-hmm. we're all divine beings having a human experience. No one is more or less divine than anyone else. Um, and we're all superhuman, which means like we all have our falls and falls, faults. faults. <laughs> <laughs> and flaws. I was like, I was like trying to say one of those both words and I just, whatever. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and, and so I think the more that we can see that in our parents, again, not taking anything away from them, not taking away yeah, from no, of course. sex or whatever, or anybody else's um, humanity or whatever. But um, then it just, it gives not only like a fair shot to the people that you're potentially dating, it gives a fair shot to you, you know, because right. you're, you're setting yourself up for disappointment um, yeah. in, in this way. And so, and, and so I think there's probably some things to do around, around taking parents off the pedestal. But I also think that um, just doing this quick little meditation to help you feel that cozy, that security blanket kind of feeling so that you're less in a place of needing to get that from the people that you're, you're potentially dating. Does that make sense? I love that. No, I love that. Like I've never considered it being a mindset shift. Um, when I'm on the apps, like, honestly, I, this morning I got like, I, I paused all of my accounts on the apps because I'm like, this creates anxiety. Like I go in and I'm swiping and I'm just like, this isn't the way I want to feel. I don't need to add stress into my life. Like who wants extra stress in their life? And so I I pause the accounts. I'm like, I'm not ready to do this right now. And I agree. I feel like the times that I have had success are the times that I've been open to finding that person. And I mean, maybe they didn't end up being my person, but I've, I can't say that I've had some success. Um, I just haven't found like my person yet. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, that's amazing. Like going into it with like a, a mindset of feeling, feeling good and secure in myself, as opposed to looking for that in somebody on an app. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that resonated. I think that'll I really think that'll a lot. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And I think, um, you know, just, we won't have time to go into all this, but just some other things that I, you know, if we were working together long-term, like other things that I'd want to look at is I would want to and just in the way that I do inner child work with folks on the show where we go and like connect with, you know, our eight-year-old or whatever old self, yeah. I think it would be really interesting to connect with the version of you in the marriage as well, because sometimes we can look back, or we can look back at those versions of ourselves and think, oh, we're so naive or we're so this yeah. or that. And I don't know if you are or not, but I think that yeah. 
when we beat ourselves up for, or just have any kind of negative feelings about various times in our life and the person that we were or whatever, um, then it makes it really hard to move forward because it's basically, it would, it would be like me being a little birdie on your shoulder, being like, don't mess up. Don't mess right. up. Are you, are you sure you're going to swipe on that one? You're going to swipe right on yeah. that one. Don't mess right. up. You don't want to mess this up. Yeah. And that would just be like <laughs> horrible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, um, you know, the, the version of you, um, in that marriage, she was doing the best she could, you know, she was doing the best she could with the tools and knowledge that she had at the time. And mm-hmm. the only thing that she knew, or the only way she knew to get security and to feel secure at that time was just to, you know, let her husband do that for her. You know, yeah. before that is let her parents do that for her. And you didn't do anything wrong. You, you didn't, you didn't mess up. That's just, you know, how, how do you know anything different? You know, like when you're a kid, no. your, your worldview is so small, it's so small. Um, like you don't know anything, anything else. And so as we grow into adults and less like, you know, we're either catalyzed to like think differently or see something differently, you know, there's not really a lot of incentive to, to change our worldview, our patterns. And that's why we end up in patterns as adults that we can't figure out, you know, what we're doing or how to get out of it. So just loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of compassion, I think for, um, for yourself in that marriage for, you know, nine-year-old self or, or whatever age. And um, yeah, I, I think, I think, I think that will probably take you a really long way. And again, whether you decide, you know, I, I know, you know, being a mom, I can understand the appeal to online dating for sure. And, and so if that feels like the best modality for you, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I, and I don't think it's like the issue of being on the wrong, at the wrong, on the wrong app or messaging wrong or whatever. It's just, it's just not, it's just like cleaning up your side of the street. That's what I think is all about. Like it makes so much sense the way you've put it. It almost gives me like motivation. I'm like, I, I want to swipe. I'm in a good mood now. Um, but um, yeah, well, no, I've, yeah. I've never considered like self-compassion as, yeah. I mean, I always looked at like, what were my faults and why did he want to leave? Or, you know, what did I do wrong? Because as you are, like when you're separating from somebody or you're breaking up and things aren't always the best, I mean, we have a great relationship now, but it's like, well, you did this wrong and you did this wrong. And the marriage is ending because of you X, Y, Z. And then I'll say the same back. So, you know, you're only pointing out the faults that, that you either saw in, in, in somebody else, or they're pointing out the faults that they saw in you for the reason for the marital breakdown. Yeah. Um, as opposed to then like having compassion for yourself after the fact. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's, it's amazing. That's awesome. Good. Good. Well, I'm, I'm glad that resonated and it absolutely. Yeah. Good. Well, and you know, if, I mean, I'm not going to tell you what to do if you want to get on the apps night or not, but you know, I, I would spend some time practicing sourcing Absolutely. security from within, um, because yeah, the apps can I'm be not. a triggering place. I understand. And so yeah. it's when we're learning a new skill and then we like jump into the deep end, it can be, you know, like me. Yeah. we can start in the shallow end and slowly work our way back. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm not downloading the apps today. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to take a little bit of time. Okay. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for your question. I know this will help tons of people listening. So I just so appreciate, I appreciate you coming on. I loved it. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. 
It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different from the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you so much, Erin, for coming onto the show. As always, I so appreciate everyone who comes onto the show, their courage and their vulnerability. Uh, I know it can feel a little scary. So I, I just, I so appreciate it because so many women get to benefit from, from your question. So thank you. So as I said in the intro, Erin is frustrated because she sees lots of her friends meeting their partners online, but she's not able to do the same for herself. And of course, she's wondering, am I doing something wrong? Am I texting people wrong? Am I saying things wrong? But she kind of knows like, that's probably not what's going on. And as you can see, it didn't take us long in the conversation to figure out that her expectations are too high. And I'm putting a little asterisk there because I'm often asked, are my expectations too high? And that is such a hard question for me to say yes to. Because generally speaking, I find in our patriarchal society, women put up with a lot of crap. And we try to, you know, we see the pile of crap in front of us. And we try to make ourselves think that like, actually, it's a pile of diamonds or gems. And really, it's really just a pile of shit. Do you know what I mean? And so it's really hard for me to be like, yes, your expectations are too high. What I find, though, to be true, though, is that expectations are kind of mismatched. Um, I find that a lot of women have really high expectations for things that don't actually matter or don't have control over and then low expectations for other things like in the way that they're treated or communication styles or boundaries, that kind of stuff from their from their partner. So in Aaron's case, her expectations are in the wrong place. I think that's the better way to put it. She's really looking for someone to fulfill that parental role. And more than that, because she's put her parents on a pedestal, it's exacerbating the issue and the pattern. So her biggest thing is to focus on providing her own security. Now, yes, it does seem that she's made a lot of strides for that in herself. She has a great job as a nurse. She's building out some hobbies and her own interests. And I think that's really great. And I really, really do think that's really great and important. But I also do find that you have to go a layer deeper when it comes to really wanting to feel secure because, you know, things can happen. You know what I mean? Like there could be a freaking pandemic or um, you can't do the interest that you had anymore because the yoga studio closed or you lost your job. And while those things might be emotionally distressing for sure, to find that deeper sense of security where it's not sourced to other things outside of yourself, I think it really does have to go into the emotional and spiritual levels. And that really does require 
some inner child work. And just to be clear, I've said this before, I'll probably say it again, but I just want to remind you that it's not that your partner shouldn't make you feel secure. In fact, if your partner is making you feel insecure about yourself in any way, that's a problem. That's a huge red flag, right? Your partner should make you feel secure. Your partner should add to your feelings of love and worthiness and all of those things that we want to feel in a relationship, but they cannot be your sole source of security. Nothing outside of you can be your sole source of security because that is just asking for codependency and What are you going to do if that thing were to leave your life in in any way? So that stuff has to source from within. So I'm not going to go too much further into this. I talked about it a lot on the call, but I do want to share some tips for getting people off the pedestal because I do find that that will hold you back a lot in relationships. Now, in Erin's case, we talked about her parents being on the pedestal, but we can put all sorts of people and things on pedestals, right? We can put our exes on pedestals like, oh, I'll never find someone like that. We can put relationships. So like intangible objects on pedestals like, oh, I'll never be in a relationship like that, or I'll never feel like that in a relationship. Again, we can put that kind of stuff on a pedestal. You can also put, you know, celebrities or coaches or, you know, other influencers on pedestals, like, oh, well, what they say is the gold standard, or what that thing I saw on Instagram, or how I believe their relationship to be, I'm going to put that on a pedestal, right? And you might do this consciously or unconsciously, a lot of times it's unconsciously, all of this stuff will hold you back in your relationships, because you will be comparing your reality to something that just doesn't really exist. And that's not fair to you. And it's not fair to the potential partner, uh, especially if they really do have a lot to offer. Taking someone off a pedestal, especially someone like your parents can be hard because you may feel like it's hurting them or it means something's wrong with them. And that's not true at all. It's about seeing whoever you put on the pedestal. It's about seeing their humanness. In fact, not only does having someone on a pedestal hurt you, as we've discussed extensively in today's show, it actually hurts them too, because it's unfair to hold them to such an unattainable standard, a standard they can't possibly live up to, because it's just like this mythological place that doesn't really exist on planet Earth. So if you're setting them up to at some point disappoint you, because again, they cannot live up to that kind of perfection, to that kind of standard. At some point, that is going to come back and hurt you. And because that hurts you, it'll hurt the relationship, which will in turn then hurt them. So it's really good for all parties involved for everyone to be on the same plane and not on a pedestal of any kind. So here's how you actually do it. Number one, make a list of things that have upset you or even pissed you off in the past about that person. I think you can even do this for people that you have in your life still that you love a lot, like your parents, but I would definitely do this for an ex. Um, If there's any kind of putting your ex or a past relationship on the pedestal, you definitely got to get that off. And I wouldn't be afraid to go into even some of the anger territory because there's probably a good chance there is some anger there anyways. So What are the ways they've upset you? What are the ways they have pissed you off? If it is an ex specifically, what are the ways in which they're just not the right person for you like ever, or that relationship was not the right relationship ever. And this can be big things like just values misalignment. And it can be small things like my ex doesn't like sushi and I want to get sushi with my partner all the time. You know what I mean? Like it can be inconsequential things too, but whatever it takes to get off the pedestal is a good thing. Number two is set some boundaries. Um, I think there's a myth out there that having no boundaries means being close. 
And this could definitely happen in codependent kind of relationships. I see this a lot with codependent mother-daughter relationships for sure. But even in a relationship where you put your parents at a pedestal, there can definitely be a lack of boundaries because again, they've got like this godlike status in your mind. And so you may not say what you need or say what you want, especially if that involves in some way saying no to them, because again, they're like these godlike you know, figures in in your life. And so saying no to them or setting some sort of boundary puts them back on earth. I'm like, yeah, I can say no to these people and still be really close and have lots of love in our relationship. Number three is let someone know if you disagree or if something hurt you of what they said or did. So sometimes if we put a parent or someone on a pedestal, if they say something that we don't really agree with, whether it has to do with our relationship or just like politics or I don't know, food or eating or whatever, it doesn't matter what the topic is, just say, actually, I don't agree with that. I see it like this, or I think this is true, actually, or whatever it is, you know, when you have that kind of back and forth, and you're just having a conversation between two equals about, you know, your differences of opinions, and that's allowed. That isn't not necessarily a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Now, if it's more about you're letting someone know if they hurt you, again, that's taking them off the pedestal, because that's saying, hey, like, You can't just do or say whatever you want to do or say, because that actually is going to have consequences. And one of the consequences now is that I'm hurt, right? All of this will take them off the pedestal. Number four is try making a decision without their input. And this gets a little tricky because it's not that outside support or outside input is bad. You know what I mean? There is a little bit of discernment that you have to fine tune and practice to know like when is this something that I have to decide I have to decide for myself and when is it helpful to get outside input where you're not outsourcing your decision making to someone or something else certainly a great area for sure but certainly try to make decisions without their input and see how that affects the relationship and the last thing is if you don't already know if you've never talked to them about it ask your parents about their childhood or struggles they've had in their life Nothing will make them feel or look more human than that because we've all had it. No one has had a perfectly hunky-dory, unicorns pooping glitter kind of life. And so when you understand a little bit more of where they're coming from, again, it just helps you to see their humanness. And I think that can really help in leveling the playing field. And yes, they're your parents, but they're not God. And I think that can just go really, really far. Okay, before I let you go, I want to come back to online dating because people love to hate online dating. People love to poo-poo on it and, um, you know, throw all of their love life woes, you know, onto online dating. And the truth is, is that online dating usually just magnifies whatever is going on in your in your love life in general. It, it magnifies whatever core wound that you would be operating from whether or not you're online dating if you haven't done the work to heal the wound. So I cannot overstate the importance of doing the inner work. That all being said, I do think that there are some best practices to online dating, both in terms of like your mindset and your inner work and the outer work. So like the actual texting profiles, pictures, all that kind of stuff to best succeed on on the app because I really do believe that online dating can be a really great tool to meet lots of people you wouldn't normally meet, especially if you're someone who's a little bit more introverted or 
you're maybe like a single mom and can't just go out all the time. And you really just want to be able to meet a bunch of people or just whatever you just want to meet people in a different space than you would at like a bar or work or a networking event or or whatever. So I think online dating, you can really see it as just like this neutral space, right? Like there's a bar, there's work, there's networking events, there's parties, these are all places you can meet people and no one's like, Oh, that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. That's good. It's just neutral. They're just different places. And online dating is really the same thing. It's not dating in of itself. It's just a medium to meet people. And so if you would like to add online dating back into the way you meet people or add it into your life for the first time ever for meeting people, or if you've really hated it, but maybe want to rethink the way you approach it so that you can be more likely to meet great potential partners, I invite you to join me in Your Conscious Online Dating Blueprint, which is a mini course that I have on my website available right now. You can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash online dating. And for everyone who joins between now and the new year, so January 1st, you will be invited to join me for a bonus workshop where you can submit your profiles and your pictures. And I will look at them for you and give you some feedback. And you can also ask your questions, you can bring like, hey, this is what's going on for me online. How can I fix this? How can I how can I solve this? So you can get a little bit of spot coaching with me too, as it relates to online dating. So that bonus is totally for free if you join your conscious online dating blueprint between now and the new year. And this course is only 99 bucks and I've got tons of amazing resources there. I walk you through. The first video is really just about the inner work and getting in the right headspace and mind space to get on the apps. And then the next video is all about your profile and pictures. And I have a way of teaching profiles that I think is a little bit more soulful than a lot of things that are out there. So I think you'll really like it and it allows you to just really show up as you are and who you are. And yes, will that turn off some people for sure, but it will attract the right people for you. And that's really my goal. I'm not trying to make you like vanilla and try to get everyone to like you. I want the right kind of people to be interested in you. Uh, And then the third video is all about messaging and um, kind of the mindset and the headspace that I want you to stay in long term. And then also there's like little Mad Libs that you can use to start building out your profile. And I give you a system to think about the pictures that you want to use, all that kind of good stuff. And then of course, if you join um, between now and January 2nd, then you get to come to that workshop for free where I'll do some spot coaching and look at your profile, your pictures, all that kind of good stuff. And if you've joined the course in the past and you want to come to this workshop, totally cool. Just send me an email. Hello at Veronica Grant. And I'll make sure that you get in on the loop for when that will be. And that workshop will be I don't have the date nailed down right now, but it'll be early January, probably that not the first Sunday, but probably the second Sunday. And it'll be recorded in case you can't make it, you'll be able to submit your questions and profiles and stuff like that ahead of time if you can't make it live, but it'll probably be that Sunday. Um, But again, if you've previously joined the course, and you want to come, then that's totally fine. Just send me an email. And the reason why I'm doing this now is because online dating is actually huge in January, especially I think it's like the first actual Sunday after New Year. So I guess that would be January 2nd or 3rd, whatever that Sunday is, tends to be the busiest for a lot of the apps and and platforms, and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to get in on that, and all the new people that might be coming, um, you know, out of the word work onto the apps, then you know, now is the time to work through this course over the next couple weeks and get a profile that you're really excited about and get um, some strategies 
strategy around messaging and headspace to stay in a good headspace, all that kind of stuff. It's just a really great time to do that. So again, you can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash online dating to sign up. And I wanted to make it really affordable. So it's less than $100. And I think there's tons and tons of awesome value there. And then of course, you'll be able to join me for the workshop in early January. And that is all I've got for you. And again, if you haven't signed up for the waitlist for my book that's coming out next year, you can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash book. And depending on when you are listening to this episode, if the book is already available for pre-order or for ordering the book itself, then that link will forward you to the Amazon page. All right, my dear, that's all I've got for you. I will see you next week with an interview that I think you are really going to love. Until then. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to uplevel your love life and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. 